All right, we're good. Kayla Sanchez, how you doing? Good. Lovely day. Nice Lovely to talk day. to you. Toronto, <laughs> hey? Snowing in Toronto. Snowing in Toronto, winter wonderland. Yeah, no complaints. How long have you lived there? I've lived in Toronto since I was one years old when my parents moved here. Um, so pretty much my whole life. Now, your uh, parents moved from the Philippines? They did move from the Philippines. Okay. Why did they decide to move all that way from, from beautiful, warm Philippines to freezing cold Canada? Yeah. So they were overseas workers. Uh, they worked in Malaysia and Singapore. I was actually born in Singapore. And I think once they had a family and they had me, they decided to move somewhere with different opportunities. Um, so I was kind of lucky to grow up in Canada and go to a good school and find a really good training group over here. And yeah, the rest is history. I've seen a lot of interviews where they refer to you as a Filipino Canadian. Is there a, a large Filipino community in Canada? I'd say there is. I've um, had a lot of family parties where I think a lot of people try to bring family down here and just connect mm. and grow. And um, I've had a lot of school friends as well that are Filipino. So it's nice to kind of bond over something cultural and um kind of get to know my culture more, which is really important to me. Yeah, that's very cool. Have you have you been to the Philippines? I have been to the Philippines three times or maybe four. Um, yeah. What's your what's your favorite part? I love I love the weather. It's pretty hot though. <laughs> and they mostly have like a typhoon season. So we usually go during their winter. So we're not worrying about the floods or the hurricanes or anything. Yeah. What about favorite food? The food there is incredible. Oh, the food is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I like to go home and just eat everything that I can. Did you grow up um, kind of in a, in a, Filipino culture with your parents um, cooking you Filipino food or was it more, um, you know, accustomed to kind of the Canadian tradition? Yeah, I think what a lot of people don't know about me is that I grew up with my parents who were very Filipino. So even though I was in Canada, um, I grew up eating Filipino food. My parents spoke to me in Tagalog. I, I really had to go out into the world and go into school and learn and you know what I mean? I was mm. uh, learning different things and um, becoming a little more westernized, I'd say. And um, that's why maintaining my culture is kind of important to me. And it, mm. it may not seem like I, I'm pretty Filipino, but um, that was a lot of my childhood. Do you think at any point you would ever move back there or are you pretty set living in Canada? I would like to show my friends the Philippines. I think that it's right. a fun experience for a fun, va fun vacation. I don't know where I want to live yet. I've, <laughs> I've traveled so much that I, I've, there's just so many possibilities. Have they ever tried to pull you back to represent them at international meets? Um, they have, well, that's not a fair question because, um, I would, I would love to represent my home country, but I'm thankful for the opportunities Canada has given me to yeah. be an elite athlete. So we'll see what comes down the road. And um, I hope 
I make both Canadians and Filipinos proud. I'm sure you do. There's no doubt. I mean, you're doing incredible work. And in terms of incredible work, I was just watching actually your latest uh, your latest vlog here. Let me have a look at this. This thing. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was looking at your latest vlog. Uh, pretty good work. I mean, it's nice. I like that. Um, it's I, I connected it through your Instagram. So go to go to Kayla's Instagram, and uh, she's got a link there of of her vlogs. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. How'd you do it? Um, I grew up watching a lot of YouTube, um, mm -hmm. more for comfort and I traveled a lot. Um, and I realized how much I could kind of show what mm -hmm. I, the athlete lifestyle or just something for fun. And I, yeah. I'm kind of a perfectionist. So being a YouTuber is quite difficult. <laughs> um, I like, I'm very critical of what I do. So I think, um, We'll see how it goes down in the future. I'm trying to be more consistent, and I know that more is better. And um, mm -hmm. we'll see. Hopefully, the viewers enjoy. Well, listen, you shouldn't be too critical. I liked it a lot. I loved the way that you chopped it up and edited it and kind of like did the camera work and added some sounds. And, you know, I thought it was really well done. I, I was kind of impressed. I'm like, how how did you do it? Like, what, what platform did you use? What, what program did you use? Thank you. Um, I used iMovie, so something very simple. And um, I've had some help with some friends who are into film and yeah, yeah just trying to get better. What's well, great. I mean, it. I think more swimmers should do it. Like it gives us behind the scenes, first of all, into you and your personality. And like you said, the behind the scenes of travel, um, it's super exciting. And, uh, and I was kind of drawn into the whole thing. You know, sometimes you watch these things and you turn off after two or three minutes, but I watched the whole thing because the way that you had kind of let it flow and edit yeah it was really well done so i <laughs> mean you. let's give, give yourself some credit i liked it a lot um in terms of the world short course how how do you feel about the whole event and your performance um so post olympics um i guess i didn't realize how much racing i was kind of getting myself into with the isls and then going straight into worlds but yeah. at the same time it kept me busy and kept me wanting to be better and i was learning a lot um from other countries that i was kind of observing and from the people that i was with so uh yeah i was happy with worlds um especially the relay performances um i'm always willing to step up for the team i think my individual performances which as i'm getting older i'm starting to try to capitalize on um they could have been better and i also learned that i need to kind of chill out when it comes to uh the results because one race isn't the end of the world yeah well you're getting a lot of racing in you're learning and i can see kind of a comfort level with you now whether you see it in yourself or not but from the videos i've watched i can see a comfort level of you feeling like you belong now like this is like i'm an olympic swimmer i'm an olympic medalist i belong with these people i belong in these races you know are you starting to feel that identity come in yourself as well yeah, I actually am. Um, by the short course worlds, I was starting to feel more confident in myself, my accomplishments, and just trying to be reassuring of that. Um, mm. I've always, I guess I'm 20, but um, I I guess I'm one of the older ones now, and that's just hard for my head to wrap around. And um, yeah. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT. 
B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Well, t- take me back to um, just where swimming started for you. Where did it begin? Yeah, so I, I think I started competitive swimming when I was around eight or nine. I didn't do as many workouts a week, but once it started to get intense, I was about 12 or 13 years old. Mm. Um, same area, uh, the GTA. And then I, I met Ben, uh, the coach of the High Performance Center of Ontario. Mm-hmm. And I started to train with the pretty much the national team at the end of 2016. So once they had come back from Rio. Okay. How, how old were you then? I was 15. 15. Okay. So they must have recognized some talent in you. Ben, ben doesn't take on anyone that um, isn't, first of all, dedicated to the task, but also has, has some talent and, and to put into that group. So um, what, was, what were the first conversations like with you and your parents in terms of that talent identification? Yeah, I think we started to realize um, kind of the scope of where my career could go. And mm. that involved talking to Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I wasn't even fully accepted into the group yet at that point. I was supposed to train with an academy group that was a few levels below and just kind of go back and forth between the two. And once I joined the center, uh, I kind of fit in a little perfectly. Uh, I was just mm-hmm. watching everyone and what they were doing. And then I just trained full time with the center since then. Was it intimidating at first to see these Olympians in the group? I mean, obviously, Penny had had the ultimate success at the time, winning the gold. Like, was that uh, intimidating for you at first? 100% intimidating. I was pretty confident of my skills, but at the same time, uh, to I, I'd grown up racing Penny, actually. But uh, mm. when I'd seen her walking into the change room, September 2016, I was being my pants <laughs> uh, you're not the biggest how tall are you i'm i'm five seven i five, seven. i okay. was five six and three quarters but i've actually grown so i'm really okay. proud of that <laughs> so what are the what are the you know for other people your size i mean you're not the biggest girl in terms of sprinters in the world there, there are some big girls out there um so but you have tremendous success so what are the advantages and disadvantages you would say of being your height? Yeah, uh, I became aware of that pretty early in my career. I realized that I was really good in the weight room, so I Mm. could use my strength. I was pretty strong and I also have good underwater. So Mm. I capitalize on things like that. And my mm-hmm. stroke is very power strength based. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really rhythm. I don't, I can't gallop like most longer, taller swimmers. Um, so yeah, it's, I definitely, I think, sorry, I train with people who have different strokes and they're people that are tall. So I right. think being able to figure out what works for me to be as fast as them i kind of picked up on it pretty fast which was good i'm still working on it now does that help you behind the blocks or maybe in the in the ready room because we all have doubts and we all have nerves but in those moments you know you have to be reassuring to yourself that that self-talk comes in so in those moments are you kind of reinforcing to yourself i'm stronger than you i'm more powerful than you or you know or or just in terms of 
talking to yourself, I'm strong, I'm powerful. Are those the things that you say to yourself in those moments? I don't think I say anything. I mean, I... Well, isn't it's intimidating to come up across somebody that's six foot one and you're five foot it six is. or five foot seven. So I'm mean, listen, I'm I'm six foot two and I used to race guys that are six foot seven. So mm-hmm. when you walk up next to them, you know you're not as big as them, but you have to have things that reassure you as well. Like, okay, I'm not as big as him, but I'm I'm more powerful or my, my tempo is uh, I can rate up higher than they can, or um, you know, they don't have the speed I have. So like you have to have things that are reassuring in your own mind, right? For sure. So definitely I'm powerful and I just know what to do. I know how to piece together my race. And that brings me a lot of confidence when I step up to the blocks, especially um, in Tokyo for the 100 free semifinal. I was just, I knew what I needed to do. Right. Even before Tokyo, just getting onto that Olympic team, how challenging was that the olympic trials that can be some of the most nerve-wracking performances of your career either how was that for you yeah it was very stressful because our trials was delayed multiple times and by the time it, it had hit june or may i can't even remember it was just okay get up make the team now and it was my oh it was i barely slept it was it was a lot of nerves and <laughs> I think um, once I had passed the first day, a pretty disappointing first day in my two to free, I just hit home on the 50 free and then knew what I needed to do in the 100 free. So, yeah, it was, you're right. It was really nerve wracking. Did you qualify for the team in the 200 freestyle just in the relay? Yeah, I did. I, I came sixth, which okay. I wasn't happy with, but I, I'm grateful for the things I learned. Did you feel comfortable at that point that you had qualified or did you still feel like maybe they, they might not take six? Um, I think I, I knew I had a chance in the 100 free and the 50 free. So right. the 200 free, it was kind of how high could I place? How, how close could I get to Summer McIntosh mm-hmm. or Penny or Rebecca? And mm-hmm. um, it wasn't as close as I had wanted, but I, I knew that they were going to take six. Um, it was kind of just the way the it worked, and yeah, so sixth, I was in. How do you deal with the, with with a kind of a disappointment like that in terms of your own mind? Like I wanted to do better. I finished sixth, but then you know you've got your better races coming. You know, how do you turn it around quickly for yourself? Um, the thing with swimming is there's a lot of processes, so. Once you're done a race, it's go warm down, you go eat, go do this, go do that. And it's a lot of moving on really quickly, which is something that I was fortunate enough to learn pretty early. Um, And that in that way distracts me from, okay, I'm getting ready for my next race, which is why I'm following this recovery process and getting over it, whether it's not checking my phone or things like that. Mm. Yeah, that's good advice. Definitely. I I like that. No one's really described it as processes, but it is true. Yeah, you know, you do. It is part of the process of moving on. It's like, okay, warm down, uh, massage, bus, food, sleep, you know, wake up, do it again kind of thing. So yeah, exactly. That that is helpful for sure. Um, So the next race for you after the 200 finishing six, what was the very next race? I had the 50 meter freestyle. 
the 50. Now, is that the one you won that at trials? I did. Wow. That's uh that's so to go from a, just a decent performance to an incredible performance. Um, that's another step, another level up. So how were you able to turn it around in that sense to have an incredible performance for yourself? Uh, I wanted to prove myself in a way. I, I know yeah. I'm a good swimmer. I know I have the skills. I know I worked hard that whole year. And even though I'm not necessarily a 50 meter freestyler, I wanted to kind of just show my power and and that it also helps me get ready for my hundred to get me confident enough to take it out. So, um, yeah, it, it just kind of was a good place for me to tell myself, okay, you got this new day tomorrow as well. More familiarity. Why do you say you're not necessarily a 50 meter freestyler? <laughs> um, I guess also Ben says that too, but oh, Ben, uh, come on, Ben, <laughs> freaking Ben, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, weirdly, it's I just don't I don't train for the fifty free. I train mainly for the hundred, two hundred. So, I guess that's probably why that's the case. All right. Well, that's an interesting jump off point. Then, um, talk to me about your training. Then, talk, talk to me about how how you do train. Why why do you say that you train primarily for the hundred and the two hundred? Are there things within your your systems, your sets? that um i focused on that mm -hmm. um yeah so it's pretty intense it's tough not gonna lie but uh so our monday we have a quality set monday wednesday friday the mm -hmm. mondays are speed race pace wednesdays are heart rate race pace fridays mm -hmm. are soft heart rate race pace so um even when it comes to the speed race pace it's max 50s into 25s max into just a bunch of things that it isn't just like a dive 25 it's a lot mm -hmm. of uh a lot of um just the high heart rate stuff for a long long time it's um it's more geared towards building into 100 or 200 in terms of just kind of working yeah. 25s and 50s so it's a lot a lot less at that top end speed more it's kind of like the back end speed mm-hmm we right. definitely work on trying to get out max and then try to come back max for that same kind of speed. So uh, adds up to a hundred and it's just the way Ben kind of structures the sets. Right. Where do you feel most comfortable training for the hundred or the 200? I actually feel most comfortable training for the hundred, um, yeah. which is where my sprint <laughs> comes in. Um, yeah. The 200 is definitely, definitely difficult. Um, but I love the challenge and the girls I was training with last year. So Rebecca, Summer, Penny trained for the mm. 200. So it, it's since we're a tight knit group of freestylers, it was very much we were together. Oh, wow. They train for the 200 primarily. So are there times where you are doing things differently than them? No, I was mostly uh, knit with Summer, Rebecca and Taylor. Um, and then the more sprinters which were like Yuri Kissel, Joshua Leendo, um, Penny was more roped into that. And we would kind of match up and separate at different points. Is there going to be a time in your career where you, uh, and maybe, maybe you're too young for this question yet, but is there going to be a time where you move away from the 200 and just focus on the 50 and 100? Um, 
I think so, probably. Uh, the main reason I swim the 200 is to be in the best possible form for the 4 by 2 I know that's a big goal for Canada to get that medal. We were fourth at, in Tokyo, and it was heartbreaking. So I know we have something to prove for the next Olympics, and I want to be a part of that. Well, cool. Very cool. We're only two years away, so that's uh, not that far away. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Um, what about in terms of your strength training? You say you, you are strong in the gym and powerful. What, uh, how often are you in there? What type of work are you doing? And who's, who's writing those workouts for you? Yeah, so we have, his name is Johnny. He writes our weight sessions. Uh, we lift three times, sometimes four, but mo uh, routinely three times a week for mm -hmm. over an hour. And it's three structure so three main lifts with mm -hmm. uh side exercises mm -hmm. and <laughs> you do four sets of each and we have the coming back into things block the gaining our strength so we go from like 75 percent to trying to get to max and then we usually have a straight up max day where we try to hit max lifts and then mm. we move into maybe like a taper weight power weights mm. On those um, max days, what type of exercises are you maxing out on? Cleans, squats, pull-ups, and I don't do bench because of my shoulder, but uh, yeah, uh, deadlift. <laughs> Deadlifts, okay. Yeah. Was the shoulder injury something that occurred in the gym or was it more overuse in the pool? Overuse in the pool, and it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking, but. Did you have surgery on that? I did in September, 2020. Okay. So what, what did they end up doing? What did they say was the problem? Yeah. So I had a torn, um, rotator cuff. My labrum was pretty much peeled off. Hmm. So when I went in for surgery, there were multiple options that I could go for something that would have me heal in four months, something that would have me heal in six months, eight months, a year. And mm. since the Olympics were coming up, um, we decided to go for the six month recovery option, which mm. included attaching and detaching and reattaching my bicep and cleaning up um, my rotator cuff and labrum. Wow. That must have been pretty painful in the lead up to that, even just before you had to make that decision. You must have been dealing with an immense amount of pain. Yeah, it was. It was something that I knew I needed to get done, which is probably what drove me to make sure it got done before the Olympics. But yeah, it was, it definitely made training be a compromise and I didn't like that and I was getting sick of it. <laughs> so mm. fix it and then recover. What's the hard times uh, in that process for you? Where, where are the low moments?
There Can we go. you hear We're me back. still? Yeah, we're back again. So uh, I'll ask the question again. What are the low moments for you during that process um, when you're dealing with, you know, the real tough times? What are those for you in that process? I think every athlete wants to perform and do their best and be recognized for it. So when mm. I was having surgery, it was it was COVID. I missed the ISL COVID season. And I just, I was so antsy. I wanted to race. I wanted to perform. And all I could do was I could barely lift my arm over my head. So mm. it was a strange, it was strange to me because all I had done for the past four years is just train. So to kind of be limited and to be patient, mm. it, it, it was something, it was good for me um, because it made me value racing and everything more. But it was definitely tough. Yeah. And that first season uh, of the ISL, you competed for um, Energy Standard, correct? I did. Yeah. How was that uh, experience just in the first year itself? Intimidating. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. It was, I, I was a pretty good short course swimmer. Um, that was before my surgery. So I could, I was training IM, I was training backstroke. And all of a sudden, Ben says, hey, you're joining Energy Standard. And I Energy Standard was pretty well known. It's the Sarah Showstroms, mm. it's um, mm. Chad the Clove, Femke. And <laughs> obviously I get there and I wanna do my best for the team. I, I don't wanna let anyone down. So it was a good first experience because we won that, uh, that yeah. year and everyone swam really well and it was uplifting and it was a confidence builder. And yeah, it was just a new kind of swim experience. Yeah. How did Ben get to make that decision for you? <laughs> uh, the first season of the ISL, it was kind of, I wasn't really sure what was going on with how it worked. At mm. the same time, I was also debating joining the ISL because I didn't know if I wanted to go the NC2A route. So mm -hmm. um, I think with Ben kind of helping with, what team and getting me like, okay, your option is go to school in the States or you do you want to swim with energy standard for the first season of ISL, make some money. And yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> so you just mentioned that. So there was some talk of you possibly going to America and swimming in college. There was, and I think the short course yards and the dual meets and NC2As look so fun. Um, so that's why I'm kind of grateful that ISL went on at the same time because it's sort of similar, I think. That's what I hear in terms of dual meets and having a lot of swims and just yeah. kind of getting up and racing. Yeah, for sure. Were you? Uh, did you go through the recruiting process at all? Did you talk to any schools? I did talk to one school. Um, I went through the recruiting process probably for like a year um, mm. where I was just really debating what to do with my life. Um, so yeah, I talked to one school. Okay, cool. And then ultimately decide to stay. And, uh, so, uh, you're studying now, right? Aren't you in college now? I am in college. I actually haven't left for college yet because of the pandemic. I'm oh. doing one university course right now. So I'm getting, okay. getting the ball rolling, but in September I'm moving to Vancouver. Oh, really? What does that entail then? What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so in Vancouver, I'm going to school at the University of British Columbia. 
and I'm representing the Thunderbirds. Okay. So does that mean you're leaving Ben in, in his training group? For one year. I will try one year of uni life, maybe just take a small step back from high-performance swimming and then come back for the Olympic year. Oh, really? So are you going to be training at all while you're there? I will be training, yeah. What, uh, with who? What group? So they ha there actually is a high-performance center in Vancouver. Um, okay. I would like to join the varsity team and kind of get, get a, a glimpse of what the varsity team experience is like, you know, having teammates and racing for a school, and I'm excited for it. So Nice. Well, how did Ben feel about this decision? Uh, he was very supportive. Um, he knew, I think he knew, he knows that it's kind of time for me to try something new and he always encourages, um, experiencing new places and he is very tight knit with the coaches there as well. So he would always kind of have an eye on what I'm doing. I mean, honestly, with the announcement of worlds being postponed just recently, it's probably good timing. It's probably not a bad idea, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you feel about uh, Worlds being postponed? Were you intending to go to that anyway, or were you intending to skip it? I was intending to go to Worlds. So I was actually supposed to go to school now in January, but mm. I had postponed until September because I had thought Worlds was happening in May, and then I would have the Commonwealth Games in mm. July, June. So mm. I just thought it would have been too busy to start school, move to new place, and then have two major international meets. So um yeah i guess with it being delayed it kind of just gives me more time to do youtube focus on training <laughs> <laughs> and the plan now i guess is to still go to the commonwealth games as of right now yes yeah okay okay good and then and then school in september then do a full year and then that would give you i guess you know if you came back after you did or you don't you don't go September to September, you'd probably go the full year would be September to June, would it? Mm -hmm. And then that would give you kind of like, you know, maybe six, seven months before the Olympic trials to start getting geared up for that. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out in my head as I go, but yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, okay. All right. So so there's no intention then of swimming ISL this next season. I would love for it to work with school. I'll see kind of when the ISL decides to pop up and mm. see if it works. Yeah. Why did you decide to make the change from um, first year, to, you know, energy standard to then uh, Toronto in the third year? Um, I think it was just because I'm from Toronto. So to ha be on the Toronto team was kind of cool to me. And mm. um yeah, it was it was mainly because of that. Yeah. Was there any hard feelings when you switched teams on the other side? <laughs> no. Uh, James <laughs> is really nice. And, yeah, he he was very supportive of it. As, I wouldn't say he was very supportive of it, but he, was, <laughs> ha he seemed happy to see me. So I don't think there's any hard feelings. Okay. He understood at least. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's your hometown. Why not? I get it. Um, well, we've kind of skipped around the Olympics a little bit. Let's go back to the Olympics and talk about that experience for you then. So, um, you know, even just in the, the days leading up to it, 
how were you feeling about uh, the the experience at that point? Yeah, I I'm I think I'm lucky. I I had a great Olympic experience. I was kind of in my element, and I yeah, it was just high performance. Everything, swim, recover, sleep, and we were in Vancouver as well, which is where I was going to school. So I was also mm. happy with that, and yeah. It was great. Did you feel like your preparation was the best it could be? I think it it was the longest training block um, that we had had with no comp, no real meat. Uh, we had time trials uh, every month, mm. but it wasn't the same. So we were definitely, as a group, itching to get out and to be somewhere new. So I think that was what helped as well. That's right. I, I'd had Ben on the podcast and he talked about that. You just reminded me, yeah, he was doing time trials because you guys couldn't get out and stuff. It was, it was a crazy period of time and it just seemed like you guys were stuck in your home pool for months on end, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with Hitech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Did you feel race ready? Um, you know, a couple of days out from your first performances at the Olympics, you know, it can be, it can be nerve wracking for sure. Like I said, and you start to question things. Did you feel race ready at that point? Yeah, I was, I was in the point of doubt a little bit, like any athlete would be like, oh, okay, it's happening. Like the date is there. It's just get to it. And mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of trying to not distract myself in a bad way, but take in, mm. okay, well, I'm going to the village. Wow. The food at the dining hall is great. I I'm rooming with these people and having a great time. And, um, by the time it came to competition and doing all the prep, it was just, everything had just lined up and it was, right. it was just, it was such a good high to race again. How do you know, in the moments before you put your suit on, uh, you know, like in warm up, how do you know that you're on? What's the feeling for you? Hmm, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, if I am, I think the less, not nervous, but there's this weird sense of doubt. If I feel less of it, um, in terms of I'm calm and I know my process and um, I think I just, there's some sort of way that your mind is, and I don't know, there's probably some other swimmer that could explain this better, but it's just everything, it's like a tunnel and you know, like every, the, the hard things become muscle memory and the, the things that you've practiced are just something that like, okay, well, that's so much easier because I've practiced it so, so mm -hmm. much. And um yeah i i've come up with a new thing because i used it was the point where i was putting my racing suit on where i would just be so nervous and mm. i told myself at the olympics 
you're you're allowed to be nervous you can be nervous but don't be nervous don't kill your nerves until you're actually going up right behind the blocks because there's no point in being nervous if you're putting your racing suit on you still have to go back Mm. to the pit do some exercises and put your jacket on like there's just so that's why the processes I think are really important for me because they provide me something to think about rather than oh my god am I gonna mess up my dive is it gonna be bad yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, surrounding yourself with with your your friends and your teammates and your coaches having that kind of security blanket is always helpful too one thing for me at the olympics i remember or even olympic trials some, some big events um I, I, I kind of felt like a fish out of water at times, you know, in the lead up to it. And, and that, that moment where I dove in the water was almost like a calming and relaxing moment for me in warm up. You know, like the first time you dive in, it's like, all right, I'm back in the water. I, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I, I feel good. This is, this is happening. I'm ready. You know, like it was that, mm-hmm. it was that moment of like, okay, I'm, I'm where I'm meant to be, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that was, it was always an important thing for me that that first moment i dove in the pool was a moment of peace you know and um that always calmed me down a little bit i guess so i don't know that's just me sharing a little there but um yeah yeah so i can understand what you're saying it is it is a nerve-wracking time um in terms of teammates for you uh you know you've got some incredible teammates who's the one that you feel most connected to who's the one that does give you that uh you know that confidence um oh my goodness everyone's so great um i couldn't name one i could shout them all out now um taylor rock has been a rock for me Mm. um rebecca smith we joined ben's group at the same time in 2016 so she's also been a rock for me Mm. i've known penny since i was very little so we've always been friends and we push each other at practices and when it comes to racing like there's some weird comfort when we kind of look at each other because we just both know like we got this like we can do this and kylie mass uh recently just joined the group and she's just such a good leader and a person that is just good for a high performance environment where things can get (laughs) crazy so yeah yeah, I, i appreciate every single one of my teammates for sure. And what about um, Ben at that point? Like, um, you know, how does he get the best out of you in, um, you know, the moments at at Olympic Games, for instance, where do you feel like Ben is really good for you? Ben puts us in a lot of high pressure, intensity, um, like where we're out of our comfort zone right a lot in training and when we go to race anywhere he's always on us so by the time we get to the olympics it's kind of like we just it's so natural and not Mm. you know it's natural i'm not nervous anymore like this the certain things of okay wait i'm at the olympics no it's just kind of another Mm -hmm. meet where i have to do what i i know and Mm -hmm. i'm very grateful for that because he in that way it's a lot of confidence where i can get through this meet because i could get through the other ones just fine yeah well you had um you had three uh, interesting races at the olympics in terms of relay performances so you had one where you win a surprise i don't know if it's a surprise but it was a um an exciting silver medal right 
Mm-hmm. Um, you had one where you had a disappointing, I guess, fourth in the in the four by two free, and then you had another experience where you swam in the morning, and then at night the the other girls went on to win a bronze medal. So it was kind of three different performances in a way. Um, just talk me through each one of those for you and how you process those. Yeah, totally. Um, four by one free. It was the first day, and mm. we had just gone while well, we were getting used to the new format of prelims and finals and mm-hmm. it was kind of like we wanted it so bad we wanted to place as high as, as we could and just do as well as we could um mm. so pretty much just rip it not in the morning <laughs> or sorry mm-hmm. not at night not in the prelim mm-hmm. but we kind of knew that it was game time for mm-hmm. finals yeah yeah, it was, it was, was it hard to perform in the morning, which was finals? I actually loved the format for some reason. I, I think what I struggle with is then getting the nap in and settling my nerves between the prelims and finals when it's morning, evening, normal. Uh, having the finals in the morning for me gave me more time to sleep um, and just more time to kind of settle. So I actually preferred it personally, um, but I had gotten a decent night's sleep, um, mm. just stayed off my phone and mm. to come in and wake up in the morning and just like be ready, be the most recovered I would have been. It was great. It seemed um, kind of on paper before the race actually went off uh, that the Australians had created a little bit of separation with the field. I mean, they had an incredibly deep team, a very talented team. Um, was was there a sense of that or it wasn't part of the thinking for you guys? Oh, we had known that Australia was going to be a killer in that race. They were just going to keep clawing forwards and forwards and forwards until they just like smashed that world record. So um, it was pretty much how close can we get to them and do our best at that. Yeah, well, you guys did incredibly well to get the silver. Did you were you surprised with the silver or was that something you felt like you could definitely get? Honestly, I was surprised with the silver. Uh when I saw Penny and Simone coming down that stretch, it was like, okay, well, we're probably gonna win a medal here, but which one? And when Penny touched ahead of Simone, like I still have the feels <laughs> from it it was just crazy um yeah I, I it was a fun race so much fun just, how did you oh. feel about how did you feel about <laughs> your role and 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 your performance yeah i had gone a best time um every time so i, I won a best time the prelim won a best time the final i ended yeah. up going a best time again in my individual hundred so i guess in that way i thought well shoot maybe it would have been less close if i had just gone the time I went in my 100 free individual right. but at the same time we just kind of did what it added up and we won- we came second and yep. just be thankful for that and it's yep. good yeah um in in terms of when you're in the water for that race what's the feeling like when you're swimming down the pool amazing um i love swimming um but uh is it like an outside your body experience or are you able to stay inside and focus on yourself kind of both there's it's 
uh, what makes a good race for me is when those cues of, okay, I need to stay in myself so I can hold the water better or finish uh -huh. better. And that's right. when I can kind of piece together a really good race. Yeah. So, uh, definitely out of body the first 50, but the second, a little more yeah. concentration and focus of, okay, I need to get to the wall. Yeah. That's super cool. Now, I guess the, the next, um, big relay performance was the four by two. And, and you said you felt a little bit disappointed with the fourth, obviously fourth is not, um, super exciting because you don't get the hardware to come away with. Um, yeah. what was it about it for you? That was disappointing. Could, do you feel like you could have been better somewhere? Um, I think as a group, we had just been a little disappointed. Um, I was actually pretty happy with my split the time wise. Um, mm. But I think we just wanted more, which isn't a bad thing. Um, yeah. As long as we're in ourselves and know that we have another chance to do better. We had mm. a young girl on our team summer. So I guess uh, I know it would have been cool to win a medal with her, but um oh. it just didn't come together that day and fuel to the fire yeah and then what about um you know your four by one medley being a swimmer in the morning kind of knowing that beforehand like how do you um how do you attack that knowing that you're probably not going to get a shot swimming in the final yeah so canada's lucky to have an anchor like penny yeah. and to be given that anchor spot in the morning i was kind of honored it was my chance to see what i could do as an anchor and it was also my last race of the game so pretty much okay let's go i was ready mm -hmm. <laughs> and even though we weren't trying to qualify first into the final i i think i lined up with we were racing the americans and i had lined up with erica brown who's also mm -hmm. a really great 100 freestyler and yeah. to kind of race her actually at the end and it was a good race it was fun and it was just a good experience to be an anchor for once yeah i've had i've coached some athletes who've been on some u.s teams and they've only swum in the morning and then the team's gone on to win a gold medal and and then and you know so i asked them i never got that chance with australia they wouldn't put me on a relay whether it be the morning or night they never <laughs> gave me, never gave me a shot but <laughs> so from my point of view i'm like i would have loved to to get a medal of some sort do you feel the same pride for that bronze as you do for the silver i think i i still feel the same pride but the emotion maybe from being there and experiencing it is a little different uh taylor and i actually watched the race from the stands and we were just screaming mm. uh we knew that the girls are going to do well, but I think it's just tougher when you're not in control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, listen, I've enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more. This is, this is interesting. Thanks. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you weren't nervous were you. I actually was a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. You don't need to be. Um, actually I, I wrote down something here, mixed relays. What's your thoughts on mixed relays? Do you enjoy those? I do. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of a relay gal, so I would I love the mixed relays, especially the short course worlds. There are just so many. Yeah. Um, and we have a good set two set of guys, whether it's Brent, Yuri, or Josh. So line us up. Yeah, fair enough. I I was never the mixed relays came in after I retired, so um. Right. I kind of have mixed feelings or thoughts on them, you know, <laughs> but um, I've never part of them, so maybe maybe they're pretty cool. I don't know. But, yeah. 
um it's it's hard to i guess at the olympics for me i you know it's hard to um like you can't train for that like a four by one free with women yeah you guys can put work into that like six months of work to like really prepare like a mixed relay yeah. to me is kind of like all right who's who's on on the day let's line them up let's go and so it's right it feels a little bit less of like you really earn that but look again i didn't swim in any so maybe maybe you would i, I would love it i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, listen. Oh, cool. Well, I appreciate this. An interesting fact that um, you are going to kind of step back a little bit, um, you know, to, to focus on school for a little while. So that that was something I don't think many people knew. So that's interesting. Well, um, but good luck with that. And then good luck Thank with you. uh, your preparation for um, for for Paris. You know, you, you guys have an incredible team. Um, uh, some some women in Canada are just doing crazy thing you mentioned summer mcintosh i mean what a talent she is and the mm -hmm. way she's coming on so uh you guys have really good relay chances again you've got some more individual i really want you to start to think of yourself as a 50 freestyler okay okay <laughs> I can try. Talk, to, talk to ben about that um <laughs> it was my event so that's just why i say it but yeah do you think uh realistically you could get under 24 seconds that would be the goal yeah that would be the goal <laughs> yeah why not let's do it okay and uh what are you 53 one in the hundred 53 one yeah all right let's get that 52 as well yeah, let's, let's, that's let's also the goal <laughs> let's do those <laughs> or you're close on both so let's get them um all right good luck on that i'm gonna switch off here but i want you to stay on for one second i gotta talk to you about something else okay thank you Thanks. all right bye event heat lane name of swimmer times and places it's called swim nerd live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.